Then the prophet Miriam, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines and with dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. Exodus 15, verses 20 through 21. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Dowd. And I'm Reagan Gilliland. And this is Off Script, a podcast where every week we take a deeper dive on last Sunday's sermon, talk about the theology behind it, and get a chance to discuss anything that ended up on the cutting room floor. And we are talking to Reagan Gilliland about her sermon for the first time since a March podcast, mm-hmm. right? So this yeah. is first time we've had, we've talked about yours. I mean, you've preached. This is the second, second time you've preached since back from maternity leave. Correct. But we weren't doing podcasts in July. We weren't. So... Let's have you share with the gentle listener okay. what it's like doing the um, discipline of preaching with three babies. Uh, not three babies. Not three babies, but three children. Three but kiddos. A baby, for sure. An infant mm-hmm. who may or may not be sleeping through the night. Definitely not sleeping through the <laughs> night. Not even a little bit. Um, yeah, it's hard. So here's the thing. I am a very, very good wife in the fact that with all three of our children, when Scott preaches, I let him sleep in the guest room on Saturday night. Do you really? Wow. I do. Pretty much consistently. Wow. Just because it's hard. But now, but it's really hard now <laughs> that we're at different churches and we have different preaching. Mm-hmm. And so like this past Saturday, we both had to preach. Yeah. So we both slept in our room because Morgan's still in uh-huh. our bassinet. Um, but there's no relief for mama at this point. Hmm. So R- Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It is a struggle, especially because he's just not sleeping like at all. Mm-hmm. And so Sunday mornings are very chaotic trying <laughs> to get out the door. I am thankful Scott's schedule, he doesn't have to really be there that early. Right. Like ours is more pressing because we have a sound check at eight, but he helps me get them ready and out the door and loaded. So mm-hmm. I'm thankful for that. But it is chaotic. I was so tired on Sunday. <laughs> at I like think, at, at 8.45 or like at the end of the day? At the end of the day. Okay. Um, although I feel, I feel bad. <laughs> And I, the thing is, I hope people know that I, I have had a baby recently because a lot of Sundays I'm yawning up there when you're preaching. And it's oh not that goodness. I'm bored. I try to hold it in. Oh I do all the tricks of like, goodness. I look away or, I, you know, I try wait, to wait, wait. smile yawn. You smile yawn. Yeah. I mean, I do everything I can to, I'm like, I don't want, how does this look on the live stream when like the pastor's up there just yawn? Unbelievable. Uh, will you note that, Alex, for the camera purposes, if she's yawning, she definitely needs to not be on camera. <laughs> right, right, now, right. You, you could do uh, who gets the guest room based on congregation size. Yes, oh, yeah. I could. You or could, that you I'm could like, that I preach three times, you only have to preach once. Right, exactly. Ooh, so there's yeah. no, you got a, tuple, a couple of uh, trump cards mm-hmm. there. At mm-hmm. this point, though, the baby still needs me. So yeah, all right. But um, it's got a Red Bull. And- <laughs> so <laughs> it is a. Uh, it is hard. I think I was more tired this Sunday than I was that first Sunday. I don't know. I was really excited for this Sunday, but maybe I was more excited last night because I'm like, oh, yeah, it's back. I'm right. back in the rhythm. So Amped I, up. I had so much adrenaline. Well, I mean, sleep deprivation is cumulative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's that, too. Oh, there's that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So are any fun Morgan Mac stories to share with us? Um. Well, he's just getting real chunky. And so <laughs> yesterday I was able to put him in a bumbo seat. Did you have that? Oh, yeah. I love yeah. the bumbo seat. So he can sit up now. It's just easier to like read a book to him and play toys yeah. when he's not just like on his back. How do you spell it? 
What kind of seat? Like the squishy seat. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Bumbo, isn't it? B-U-M-B-O? I honestly Bumbo. thought it was Bimbo, but that's probably not right. I don't know. Now that you say it, oh, now I'm this is like a mandala effect. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. What it is. Either way, they're great. So, to the sermon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Set the stage. Week two of the series. Where yes. are we in the series? What are we trying to accomplish in the series? What was your task in this particular sermon? Well, the the title was Deliverance, so you picked our kind of titles, which you don't usually do, so this was kind of a first. Um, so I had this like... Was that helpful or not helpful? It was helpful for okay. this week. Yeah. So Deliverance. And so we, are, we were in chapter 15, and this is this song praise. So this is right after they have crossed the Red Sea. They are safe now. The Egyptians have been washed away. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's like this explosion of emotion kind of because they've just come out of this very stressful chaotic moment and so that's where we are in the story what's coming ahead is all the other stuff that we kind of know about Mm -hmm. moses but the big event has just happened i guess so okay so ben made a joke about Mm -hmm. deliverance like a banjo solo Mm -hmm. because of the deliverance thing yeah but there's actually there's actually a hamilton reference as well do you know what it is i don't and i'm gonna be very disappointed if either (laughs) one of y'all know it if Blake was here. You don't like Hamilton? I do like Hamilton. Okay. Blake listened Alex, to Alex, you like Hamilton? Okay. It, it's in Hurricane. Okay. I wrote my own deliverance. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I thought, see, I thought you were saying that there is a banjo reference in no, Hamilton. No, 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 no. No, there's deliverance. <laughs> you, don't, you, deliverance don't, you don't remember that song? I was like, what? <laughs> no, no, no. That would be awesome. Anyway. So, okay. So, it's the moment after. So, we've gotten... Uh, obviously past the call of Moses, past the confrontation with Pharaoh. All the plagues. Passover and the actual moment of salvation. I actually want to jump ahead to 1430. Yeah. So that verse stood out to you as you were preparing, even yes. though you did the 15th chapter, right? Correct. Or most of the 15th chapter. Yeah. So what is it about? Read, re, can you read 1430? Yeah, and then I can read 1430. Um, so yeah, so 1430 says, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day. And it goes on to say, from the Egyptians, and, the Isra- and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Nope. But I kind of focus on just... You skipped thus, that part. I know. <laughs> but I just put, thus the Lord saved Israel that day, because I uh-huh. thought it was really... And thing is, it actually, and this is going to sound like I'm sucking up, but it was after we had our one-on-one last week when I just, we were kind of workshopping my sermon, and you're like, well, you know, this is like a really important part of the story. And like I was it's, like, it's the story. It's, it's the, the story. story. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. And you're like, well, I mean, God saved them that day. And I was like, okay. And so then I went and looked, and huh. I was like, oh, there it is. So, yeah, that's a really, really powerful statement that, uh-huh. you know, God said, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to do all these things. And then it's like, boom, I saved you. Yep. So, okay, so while we're on this 1430 thing, I mean, it's, it's not uncommon in sermons for you to include some other scriptures. And I know that's a very important exegetical Mm -hmm. approach, but tell us why. Why why is it important? What comes before and after? You know, we're trying to teach our congregants, our everyone listening, like not to just pick verses out. And I think a lot of people have grown up doing that. And so we're trying to, as you've, as you've talked about, you know, Methodists, we're we're pretty intellectual. We really like to learn. And so we want to teach them as much as we can. And so to better appreciate or know what's going on, you have to know what comes before and what comes after. That's why you don't pick up book three in a series. Like, you don't mm-hmm. pick up three in Harry Potter. Like, you got to know what comes before. Yeah, unless I, you're Heather Hall and you didn't know there was a one, so you buy Ashley two, and then she's really confused. <laughs> and then she goes back to one and really understands, and it goes yeah. well. So there you go. Yeah. Perfect example. <laughs> um, I also think, especially when we're dealing in the Old Testament, 
people don't know that as as well. Um, and so it's really important to kind of do background and then what comes next. Also, I just think as we sometimes focus too much in New Testament and Jesus, like it's really mm-hmm. important to know what happened before. Like mm-hmm. what has been building up to this mm-hmm. point of, of Christ coming to us. And so I think that's why it's really important, especially in this, like how God has been one that is saving like continuously kind of like mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, a little bit. Why are you hedging on that? Well, that salvation is kind of this. Sometimes we just think as salvation is like the salvation is when you say yes to Christ on mm-hmm. that day. But salvation is kind of this, you know, we believe in this like saving grace is active, just like we believe that the Holy Spirit is active and moving and, you know, we're being sanctified and all that kind of stuff. So that. I guess. <laughs> I mean, we do call it our salvation history. Yes. Yeah. So it's not like God only ever saved on the cross. Correct. So, okay. So who is Miriam? Okay. So and why should we care about Miriam? Mm, and she okay. only gets two verses there. I mean, like, is it really that I big know. a deal? She that I big mean, a deal? right? <laughs> Ladies, women. Um, so no, it is really, yeah, she doesn't talk a lot. Mm-hmm. We don't, there's not a lot to her. But it's interesting when she first appears in chapter two, uh, Stephanie pointed out in her sermon in Modern, her name isn't there. It just says sister. And we don't even have her name until really? yeah, later yeah, yeah. Until later on. Hmm. I meant to go back and check that, actually, because... Yeah. Did, have you, yeah. did she write about that? I, yeah. I wasn't sure if that was just a common English Bible or if that was really... No, I'm pretty sure because I think too. I went back and looked, too, after I listened yeah. to her sermon. Let's see. Because as she said that on Sunday, because I, I had the the pleasure of listening to both of y'all, you at 8.45 and Stephanie at 11. And when she said that, I'm like, is that, is that, and I had just read it. So chapter two, verse four, his sister stood at a distance (laughs) to see what would happen. Okay. This is the power of like reading into things. Cause I just, I just read Miriam into it. Yeah. So we don't know if he has more than one sister, Yeah. but we just make the assumption that that's Mm -hmm. Miriam. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because then she's usually always addressed as Aaron's sister, but not... Also a little weird. But not Moses' sister. And then Stephanie explained that whole thing, too. Or was that you? One of y'all said, like, she's referred to as Aaron's sister, but since Aaron is Moses' brother, that makes... Yeah. Stephanie did that. That was Stephanie. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, we... For this sermon series, Back to School, we always try to focus on a a male and female character. So, Miriam was the most fitting because although she doesn't say a, a lot... She is featured. She's mentioned in numbers. There's like she is mentioned a little bit, but she doesn't. There's not much action. It just says her name, kind of. Okay. You're like, okay, but who is she? But it is interesting that they call her a prophet because it's a right. pretty powerful title. But we don't know of anything that she actually really does. Right. It's interesting. So there's got to be more there to mm-hmm. the story. Yeah. Than made it in the text. Correct. Okay. So one of the things I loved most about your sermon was that you you did a really nice job unpacking. The role, the importance of the role of these nameless midwives. Then you kind of extrapolated that to the unnamed heroines in scripture. It just yeah, some of them, or some that don't have a very big role. Right. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. So why do you think women go unnamed? And then when they are named, why do they have like two verses? Because uh, it's a really patriarchal society, and right. so yeah. So unpack that. So what is that? Yeah. Does that so, mean that that's the way God feels about it? No, because <laughs> because when you read in, if you actually read or pay attention, you're like, actually, these women are really powerful, and so clearly God uses women and calls them and uses them as prophets. Um, and then even there's the not debate, but you know, Paul doesn't want women to preach, but then you name these other women that he did use. So you're like, okay, so which one is it? <laughs> you're like, no, women were powerful, and they were they were used to speak and uh, spread the gospel and do things, but 
the way that it was constructed and written down kind of hides them, puts them at the at the end, like as a almost like a footnote. Like mm-hmm. maybe no one will notice that a woman actually did something, mm-hmm. and let's highlight what in this case what Moses did, you know. And it's just an unfortunate thing because most likely if men were writing a majority of this, that they just left out women some. Mm-hmm. So I've heard uh, somebody say, can't remember the context specifically, but uh, you know that women were truly the first witnesses of the resurrection because that's too scandalous to have <laughs> included unless it was really true. Right. Like you wouldn't have told the story that way right? Yeah. as a first century male writer mm-hmm. unless everyone knew it and you couldn't avoid it. Yeah. Right. right? So do you think we could do a whole sermon series on unnamed heroines in the Bible? Oh, for sure. Hmm. I think so, yeah. Hmm. I heard this um, sermon once, cause I, so I can't take credit for it. It was looking at the story of feeding the 5,000, and like um, the pastor talked about, what about his mom that packed the boys' lunch that, mm-hmm. that morning mm-hmm. that made it all possible? Mm-hmm. So things like that where it's like it's not even really mentioned, but okay, hmm. who, who made it possible for like all these stepping stones? Again, that's why you kind of got to start at the beginning and not just jump in in the middle of the story and think you know what's going on. You have to go back. So Mm -hmm. this is probably an obvious point, but why is it important to tell those stories? Well, I think a lot of there's a lot of people that can relate to not being either chosen or um, whatever we we deem as important, an important role, or having uh, respect or whatever. That actually there's these people. You know, we all have this role to play in in God's story. Like we all, God can use anyone. so I think that's a really important point to look throughout Scripture and find yourself in it. They're like, hey, I'm not, I may not be the one that's leading, but I'm the one that's packing mm. the lunch, or I'm the one that held back these people so that person can go to battle. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's mm-hmm. just so many things that we forget. Like, it takes everybody to make all this happen. Mm-hmm. So then, specifically in this story, you ask the rhetorical question, how did this moment of deliverance even come to be? And then you say it, it started with some brave and courageous women. So why does that matter? Well, I just think it's interesting that they were they were the ones that stood up to Pharaoh first. Yeah. Like, that's that's pretty big. I mean, they, they had no power. They had no status. They don't even have names. Um, and yet they went against this probably pretty scary Pharaoh that mm. was not afraid to do anything to flex his power. Mm-hmm. And they, they chose God over this Pharaoh that could do whatever to them. Um, the midwives. The midwives. But then there are more yeah. women and that, at the beginning of that story. Uh, yeah, because brave and courageous women would include the midwives. Mm-hmm. And then who else made but, Moses' story possible? Yeah, so Moses' mother is <laughs> in that camp. She hid Moses. Yeah. Um, and then Miriam, the way that she makes everything happen, like the fact that she's the one that suggests to Pharaoh's daughter, like, well, how about you do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then let me go get my mother to still, like... Mm-hmm. Um, and then Pharaoh's daughter. <laughs> yes. Define her father's order. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, which I didn't even talk... I didn't mention really her. And so, uh, um, so yeah, that's like all these women that were defying against the power. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty pretty radical. Yeah, seriously. So one of the things that another, so the midwives thing I was, I found really compelling. And then another part of your sermon that I found really compelling that I hadn't really thought of until I heard you talk about it was just how chaotic it had to have been for 600,000 mm-hmm. men, men plus the women and children to <laughs> yeah. this point about muting the voices and presence, even presence of women, mm-hmm. um, how chaotic it must've been for after 430 years of slavery, all of a sudden they're delivered in this miraculous way. 
but just how chaotic it must have been for them in this season. Talk a little bit about that, and then that leads to this moment that had to be a moment of celebration. Yeah, so I referenced uh, Exodus 6 in it. When Moses first tells them, it says that the Israelites, they would not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit. Mm -hmm. I thought that was Mm -hmm. really heartbreaking, Mm -hmm. that they just had, I mean, they really had, I feel like, no hope. I mean, their spirits were so broken, they couldn't even, like, process Mm -hmm. that they could actually be free. Like, Mm -hmm. it just was so out of their minds. It was Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Um, and to so, the point of the importance of not just reading the passage you're reading. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've got these really, these people that are just in disbelief. And I'm sure this is me putting some of my own spin on it, but I imagine probably some of the rulers, officers probably had teased the Hebrews for a while, like, yeah, we're totally going to free you. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. You know, that kind mm-hmm. of back and forth. Mm-hmm. And they maybe had gotten an idea through all these plagues, like, well, maybe now we can go. No, we can't. Oh, maybe we can't now. And so they probably, when it finally came, who knows who, how they delivered the news. I don't know if it was Moses and Aaron running to like, if there was a leader and say, okay, we're, we're going, it's, this is real. This is happening. You have to spread word as fast as you can. And just how they had to run and find everyone like that. When you think about that many people, Mm -hmm. it's like a, the British are coming kind of moment. Yes. And some people are saying like, uh-uh, and like, no, you have to get up. Mm-hmm. Or Get those, your stuff. Let's get go. your stuff. Right. Right. Those that were elderly and couldn't move fast, those that had ailments that couldn't, like all, you just think about all things mm-hmm. you have yeah. to get people yeah, yeah. up and moving quickly. That's really stressful and scary. And see, like, this is such a foundational story <laughs> for our Jewish brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the story when, this is, this is when Israel becomes Israel, mm-hmm. right? And it's a story that's told every year at Passover. Like it, it's just so central to Jewish identity. It's oftentimes lost on us. It mm-hmm. is. Right? This is not our defining moment, even though it kind of is deeper in our history. And so, okay, so then God delivers on the promise mm-hmm. of deliverance. Yep. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I double it up. <laughs> yeah. No banjos required. No banjos. <laughs> <laughs> and then probably, probably to the point you make in your sermon, Miriam breaks out in song. Yes. Mm-hmm. But canonically, in, in the way it shows up, it's like sequentially in the 15th chapter, Moses mm-hmm. sings first. Yeah. Tell us about Miriam's song. And then I feel like you kind of pulled your punches with Moses. You're like, sure, the guy gets the guy gets credit for the song yeah. that the woman sings, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, yeah. you were a little more gentle. If I sing it louder, they'll hear it. <laughs> kind of like <laughs> they talk about in like staff meetings, mm-hmm. not here. But like a woman says something, but then a man just says it louder. Right. And like, oh, Jim, good point. And you know, yeah, it's Susan's like, a meme. like, yeah, Susan's like, I already. Said. That's what I just said. <laughs> That's what I feel like this is happening in this but text. I, I pounded on the desk right, and said right, it louder. Right, yeah. right, right, right. I mean, you didn't. You were very careful in the sermon to give appropriate credit to Moses. Yes. But scholars really do believe that it was Miriam's song. Yeah, because you're like, why is she just repeating the same right. thing? That doesn't really make sense. And so, yeah, I think she. Scholars believe that she was the one that broke out in the song. And because it was common that the women led mm-hmm. the singing and the mm-hmm. praise and stuff. So right. it makes sense that she probably sang it first and then it was just expanded upon. And it was like oh, probably the song expanded Moses. upon by a later editor, right? Yes. I mean, who, mm-hmm. like in telling the story, Moses is the hero of the story. So you expect him to have this leadership role, even though ironically he's not the well spoken one in the story mm-hmm. by his own admission, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So I would really encourage people to go back if, if they were in uh, modern, I mean, if they were in the sanctuary and got a chance to hear your sermon on Sunday, going back and listening to, to Stephanie's take is, 
it just expands on these same ideas in a yeah. slightly different way. Why does Moses come first and why does he get, what would it be, 85% of the airtime? Because they didn't want mm-hmm. women to have too much, I don't know, but it's, too but much airtime. It's, and... But it's important to note mm-hmm. the origin of that celebratory, like the women in the story, culturally speaking, would have been the ones celebrating mm-hmm. the victory. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm. So chaos followed by deliverance like in quick succession mm-hmm. then we're going to go to sinai mm-hmm. or mount horeb going to get the law while moses is waiting or while moses is on the mountain and the people are waiting mm-hmm. aaron's going to have this really sorted golden calf incident mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about the aftermath of that coming up this this coming week mm-hmm. you did say that miriam shows up in numbers yeah there's a really quick um where aaron and miriam are like they're uh it's when they get leprosy, I think, don't oh. they? Like, because God gets them out of them because they're yeah. bickering oh, yeah. about Moses. Yeah. So, yeah. So, she's mentioned, like, briefly there. As having leprosy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Her and Aaron, I think, both get it, I think. <laughs> don't quote me on that, but I think that's hmm. what happens. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So, do you think every once in a while in kind of popular literature or whatever, is there any... Is there a book about Miriam? I don't like just on Miriam. Not that I know of. Like some fictional, mm-hmm. um, yeah, kind of like a fictional history or whatever. Yeah, kind of like a or not fictional historical fiction. That's what I'm. Trying I to think say. that perhaps, if I remember correctly, there is a portion of Inspired that t- maybe talked about Miriam. Maybe because I'm really fascinated by her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm fascinated by her role at in Moses' initial deliverance, mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then by her role in leading the people and celebrating, and the fact that she's called a prophet. That's kind of out of left field, mm-hmm. right? Because we haven't seen any of that to that to this point mm-hmm. in the text. But clearly, something in the memory of Israel held her in that regard, and mm-hmm. so there must be some, some yeah. backstory there. Yeah, and I'm going to have to watch the Prince of Egypt with that in mind, that she's meant to be a prophet. Like I'm sh- I don't remember that being highlighted yeah. in her role, but she does speak a lot of truth to the Moses character yeah. in that movie. I mean, she's older, mm-hmm. um, obviously, but I'm like, did she make it to the promised land? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a good question. We, you know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's an important issue to wrestle with. Mm-hmm. That these that these um, influential and important uh, characters in our salvation history don't really get the treatment they deserve right. mm-hmm. in our sacred text. Yeah. Sandra Bullock played her in yeah. Oh, yeah. Prince of Egypt. Um, but yeah, this is why I love the Bible is because I mean, really, the Miriam's is just that those two verses. But look how it jump started this. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. Stephanie had similar ser- sermons for yeah. sure. Um, but we can sit and discuss this, and then we have all these other questions that have mm-hmm. popped up. Did she make it to the promised land? Why is she called prophet? Like mm-hmm. that just shows like the depth of scripture and how it's so fun to dig into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's not called Moses's secretary. Right. <laughs> or Moses's helpmate, mm-hmm. yeah. or, and those other kind of phrases mm-hmm. that we use for mm-hmm. women in the Bible—not we Methodists, but we Christians right, <laughs> right, right, in right, general. Right. She's a straight-up prophet, mm-hmm. and the author of Exodus gives Moses an extra long riff on her song. And I think in order to read it, um, I mean, I, guess, I suppose you could call it a, a subversive reading, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, but it, it's an honest reading mm-hmm. <laughs> of the importance of a of a of a woman who doesn't get a whole lot of other uh, accolades, but clearly was important to the journey. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, other thoughts on the sermon? Anything that ended up on the cutting room floor? Um, not really. 
as we've discussed, we could probably talk a lot more about other women. Mm-hmm. Um, we ought to do. That would be a fun series. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So then I know that people want to know about your sequined leotards mm-hmm. and your collection. Like yeah. which, which one were you going to break out for this one? I mean, that rainbow one. I the, just rainbow, thought, <laughs> the yeah, rainbow one. The one okay. that I showed. It, it was great. You got a good chuckle out of everybody about that. <laughs> At two of the services. <laughs> Are you throwing shade? I am. They're just not awake yet. I know. They're not awake. It's fine. Yeah. 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 yeah, You said I was just jealous because I couldn't pull off that outfit. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you would have, see, if we would have had more time and you, like, if you would have stayed in there because you you taught at 945 and then you're in modern at 11, I was going to make these, like, ribbon dancer things to, like, hand to you and Mike. Like, all right, now when I'm doing the verse, you shake these. But I was like, I don't have time. That's awesome. All right. So this coming week, I'll be preaching again. Mm -hmm. And I'm preaching, uh, so it's into into the wilderness crisis. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be about the aftermath of the golden calf and Moses intervening on behalf of the people so that, God didn't just yeah. start all over again. Like, like he's he going back. He's like, here I am again, God. All right. <laughs> Dang it. Does it like five, how many, five times, I think? It's, yeah. Poor Moses. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's after he'd taken out his anger on, yeah. you know. I mean, they killed a bunch of people. We're skipping yeah. over that part. Yeah. Just yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Covered in yada, 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 blood, blood, blood. Now, <laughs> chapter 23. Don't cherry everybody. This is fine. Yeah. He has anger issues, but we'll, we'll skip over that part. It's great. And then we wrap up with his farewell in Deuteronomy. So, okay. And then the next time you're preaching is going to be middle of September. Mm-hmm. And you and I are going to do two weeks on the prodigal. Yeah, we are. And you're going to do the... You're gonna be the young. You preach on the younger one. Yeah, because I'm the younger, and you're the young. Or I'm the youngest. You're the oldest. Yeah, so we thought it'd be. I'm excited. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'll be good. Be That's really a great good. story. Mm-hmm. So, but more, more to come on um, Moses and Miriam and six hundred thousand Israelite men plus the women and children. Yep. yep. All right. Well, thanks, y'all. We'll be back next week with another episode of Off Script. God bless. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Offscript. It was hosted by Reverend Chris Dowd and Reverend Reagan Gilland. Produced by Ashley Danner as a part of the Christ United Podcast Ministries. You can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available. Like, subscribe, and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week.